Hello, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dr. Louise, and I help the survivors of narcissistic abuse be confident, reclaim their identities, and move forward from the past. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I do want to give you guys a heads up. In 2023, starting January 1st, uh, the rates to work with me are going to increase. Okay, so my my general cost depends what we're doing, if we're doing philosophical counseling or coaching, um, but there is going to be a price increase January 1st in my philosophical counseling rates, which is what most people work with me on. So if you are interested in locking in the 2022 rates, which I'm going to say that it's a considerable jump to next year um, as I'm trying to rebalance out and get my caseload where I want it to be. So... If you are interested in locking in the 2022 rates, we absolutely can do that. Um, You have through the end of the month uh, to sign a contract with me to lock in the lower rates. If you are interested in that, please shoot me an email, drlouise at empowermentthroughthought.com, or you can hit me up on Instagram. I'm just at empowermentthroughthought. So with that out of the way, um, let's jump into today's topic. And what I want to discuss today, it is, uh, as I'm recording this, it is December 21st. Um, So this is the uh, close proximity to um, some important Christian holidays. Today is winter solstice um, for anyone who celebrates that. There's, there's a lot, there's a lot of holidays going on. Um, And, you know, New Year's is coming up, all that kind of stuff. And we know, we know for survivors, this stuff's hard. Um, This is a hard time of year um, for a lot of us. And what I want to talk about today is how the holidays can be whatever the hell you need them to be. (laughs) The holidays can be whatever the hell you need them to be. So um, what I want to share with you a little bit is... um, how my holidays are going so far. They are radically different this year than they have ever been. Um, and I want to share a little bit about my thinking about, um, you know, how, how I'm living through that experience, how I am adjusting and, um, working through the fact that I am not participating in some of the traditions of my past. Now, this is often a point of pain for us as survivors, right? We often feel like, oh, I don't get to do the things that I used to do with my parents or I don't get to do the things, you know, like we would always go to grandma's house and we would always do X, Y, and Z. And because I have these boundaries, I can't do that. Or maybe we're a little bit further down the path where we're feeling pretty good about those boundaries, but we're just feeling like, eh, I don't really want to do anything for the holidays or I just want the holidays to be simple. I just want peace. I hear that so much from survivors. I just want peace for the holidays. And honestly, I respect that. <laughs> As somebody who's had very um, not peaceful holidays for a very long time, um, I can respect that desire for peace. Um, but I also want to encourage you, if you have had peace for some time, probably by virtue of your boundaries, um, I want to invite you to, you, you can also have more than just peace. Okay, you can have joy, you can have contentment. Now, I don't know where I am on that spectrum, honestly. I wish I had all the answers for you guys, but you know I am right out here in these survivor streets with you trying to figure this stuff out myself. This was always going to be a weird holiday season for me because my dad passed away this year. And um, I was not participating with him for holidays because I was no contact with him for the past three years leading up to his death. But 
Um, a lot of the holiday energy that I've had in the past was connected to his parents and to that side of my family. And um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I, I often went ham for Christmas. Um, I really did. So for for my personal background, just so you know, so this makes a bit of sense. My my mother is Jewish. Uh, my father is Protestant. Um, I, I have no contact. One's dead. One I'm no contact with for a long time. Um, but that's the background. And I was raised in a secular way, but I celebrated all the major Jewish holidays and all the major Christian holidays. Um, my personal beliefs is, are probably a little uh, <laughs> unclear at this point in my life. I, I am a member of a universal Unitarian church, which doesn't really tell you what I believe because that's kind of a religion that's not a religion. Um, so you can be part of a universal Unitarian church and have whatever religious beliefs you want, basically. We're not unified in our beliefs about that sort of stuff. We're unified in the fact that we want to treat people good. So, okay, that's that's my background. So when I was a kid, um, I was really aware that my mother was abusive. I was aware that she was, because she was so over the top, so over the top, guys. Like, you didn't have to have a PhD to see that she was, she was not cutting it in the mom department. So that brought weird energy for me whenever we were celebrating Jewish holidays. And um, Hanukkah, in particular, was really ruined for me um, by my mother through... Um, she basically just ditched us, uh, my father and I, one one night for Hanukkah. Like she was busy doing, um, she had like business associates. She she ran a small business, which was really more of a front for gambling and other not business things. But whatever, she she had these business associates that she would go do things with, and basically she decided to stay out with them instead of celebrating this holiday, right? Which, if you don't know, Hanukkah is in eight. Is it eight nights? God, I'm I'm a really bad Jew. <laughs> I think it's eight nights. Um, we're we're celebrating the fact that this uh, the menorah, the this candle kept burning. There wasn't enough oil for it to burn uh, through this this time period, and then the the oil lasted um, through the the all these days and it was a miracle and that's that's the story of Hanukkah in a really badly if you need to know the story please don't don't rely on me that is roughly it I swear I learned more about this from like Tommy Pickles and the Rugrats than I did talking with my with my own family because uh there was a lot of things that were just kind of assumed that you knew and I did not know the things okay so long and the short of it is I stopped cel celebrating Hanukkah on that day when, when my mother just ditched me um, and she didn't, there was no remorse. You know, she was abusive. What, what do you want? That's how it goes. So that, that was my thing with Hanukkah. Like in, in high school, I just completely stopped. I was like, no, don't want anything to do with this. Um, which is a little bit difficult because Yes, Christianity uh, reigns supreme, whether we want to admit that or not in the United States right now. But one thing Christians are quick to mention is that they, they prove their tolerance for other religions by pointing at the Jews, um, at least at holiday time, and say like, oh, but also happy Hanukkah. <laughs> right. Um, so you get a lot of Hanukkah stuff. Um, it's weirdly paired with the Christian stuff. Um, I apologize. My alarm just went off. It's time for me to wake up, but here I am. I'm already awake. <laughs> um, right. So 
Hanukkah has been a weird thing. At different times, I tried celebrating again. I tried once with my current partner and my father before I was no contact with him. And my father was just overtly anti-Semitic at that. So that was great. That was that was a horrible, horrible experience. <laughs> um, that was one of those years where Hanukkah and Christmas overlapped. So um, he was super anti-Semitic in the night. And then we had to go to sleep. And then we had to try to pull it together for Christmas. So you can just see, you can just see there's a lot there's a lot, um, of baggage with that. Um, and that baggage kind of makes sense of Judaism in general for me. Judaism is a little bit hard for me personally, because it's connected to my mother. Now, now Christmas was easier for me because although it was connected to my father, my, my grandmother, so my father's mother was a really positive force in my life when she was alive and she loved Christmas. She loved it to death. And, you know, that whole side of the family really celebrated Christmas, really went ham. It wasn't very religious. It, like, it wasn't very Jesus-y. It was a lot more like decorations and presents. And I replicated that in my adult life almost every time. Even when my father decided I was an adult and he didn't need to do anything, I picked up the reins and I made sure basically every year since I was 18 that Christmas was a big thing. It was a big thing. Um, whether that was big for decorations or it was big for presents or both or like including more people I had a really wide range with it and um this year I I'm not doing that <laughs> which I gotta tell you it's so weird it's so weird to just not not be doing it it's not we are participating in Christmas and I did actually participate in Hanukkah at least a little bit which for me was kind of a lot um so and I, we also this year, because this is the first holiday season where we have participated in the Universal Unitarian um, Church, we also did a wassail ceremony, which is connected, I think, to the winter solstice and is a pagan holiday um, or pagan tradition. So, uh, I mean, I actually had a broader range this year than I, than I typically do uh, during the holidays, which I appreciated. I, I liked that. So that's that's kind of the background that's where we're at and this year is something completely different than anything i've ever done right now you like like i said usually i'm going ham like i love christmas decorations i love how it makes me feel connected to my family like the like good parts of my family like for me it's really important to have symbols to have objects that remind me that my childhood was not 100 bad because it feels like that a lot. And part of that is because I, I do have a spotty memory as a product of trauma. Um, so part of it is, you know, like I don't remember a lot of the things and then the things I do remember are often the harder things. Um, but there was authentic good in my childhood, even if it was not the dominant experience. And Christmas was one of those times. I felt like I was allowed to be a kid there were problems years. My mom thought of me as competition and she often acted very childish and problematic, but that didn't overshadow. Like she wasn't in charge, right? Grandma was in charge. So a lot more was, was kind of, uh, a lot was able to happen as a result of that. Um, that wouldn't have been my life otherwise. So I normally like that. And this year, um, so far it is, it is December 21st. Okay. We have no outside decorations whatsoever. Um, we did manage to buy a tree. We have not decorated it. <laughs> there is a naked Christmas tree 
um, in our living room. We have not pulled up a single box of decorations from the basement. And I think we might do a little bit because a blizzard is coming in the next couple days and we're not going to be able to leave the house like we might have. So we might just because we're kind of bored do it, but not out of a sense of I want the holidays to look like X, Y, and Z. So that is that is where we're at. I got to tell you, it is a different place. This is a different territory than I have ever existed in. And I've got some, some thoughts on what this means, um, for, you know, what my, like how my experience this year might be speaking to the survivor experience more generally, maybe some takeaways that might serve you as you work through these next couple weeks, as you are thinking about, um, you know, kind of what, what you want in 2023, all of those good things. So we're going to take a little break here word from our sponsor. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about some of those concrete takeaways for you. Okay, so what are those concrete takeaways? Well, this year, I gave myself a lot of permission to allow this this holiday season to look like what felt right. Okay, so for me, that's not what I thought it should be, right? Um, actually, if you ask me what I what I think the holiday should be in 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 my life, I have a tradition when something really big happens when somebody dies, I will take that year's. Um, somebody close to me dies, I will take that year's holiday season and I will travel. I'll, I'll just leave the country. Um, when my grandparents died, they, both my, my father's mother and my father's father died within 18 days of each other. Um, when I was in middle school and, uh, that holiday season, cause that this holiday is so connected to their memory. Um, my father and I actually went to Europe. Um, which I know I'm dripping, dripping in privilege. I know I want to acknowledge that. Um, but basically because my grandparents, um, when the estate was settled, they didn't have a lot of assets, but their house was really highly valued at the time. Um, so my, my dad got a chunk of change from that. And we basically just traveled in Europe, um, for a month as a, as a way to deal with that. And that, that's the kind of energy I normally have. So if we were, if my brain was leading, I would be out of the country right now. Um, and I'm not, I'm, I'm in my, in my home in Indiana. Um, for those of you who are wondering, so, uh, my brain is not leading here. What I really have, have tried to guide myself and allow myself to do is let my intuition drive this, this holiday season. And it's hard. It's so hard guys, but I really, I really feel good about what is happening. Right. So there could be a sad way that we're not doing Christmas, especially because Christmas for me is not really about my father. It's about, um, his parents and that side of the family. Um, you know, there's a way it could feel sad that there aren't decorations for me personally. I know that's not going to be true for everyone, but in my household, it might feel sad right now or like coming from a place of maybe depression or something. Um, but it's not, that's not how it's working for me. Um, I have checked in with myself, with my body, with my heart every day, basically in December and been like, well, do you want to work on that? You know, does that sound, does that call you? Does, does doing Christmas decorations sound like something that would bring you joy? Or would you be excited about this? Would it make you feel better? And every single day, the answer has been no, no, I don't want to do it. Uh, we got the Christmas tree because I was, 
I, I had a lot of energy one evening after my partner got back from work. I can't remember what happened that day, but I like, I think I might've had coffee later in the day and I just had a bunch of energy and was looking for a physical activity to do. It wasn't really about getting the tree. It was like, I have this energy. I want to use it to do something. And my partner was like, okay, let's go do this thing. We, we thought we might do. So like even that, right. Um, was not, it's not really about the decoration. So I have really aggressively tried to check in with how I have felt, what's going on with me. And I also want to acknowledge I have a lot of privilege insofar as uh, my partner is not desperate for any particular holiday thing. I do not have children. I do not have people counting on me to do a certain thing. So again, that's another point of privilege um, that I want to acknowledge. But even for those of you who may have a different situation, um, when you're going through these big transition moments, right? My, my father's death is a big transition for me as a survivor. Um, in my mind, this transition period is going to last about a year from, from his death. Like to me, I don't know why that's in my brain, but it feels right to think like I'm in transition for at least one year after his death, maybe, maybe longer. Maybe it's a transition you never leave from. I don't know. My father's my first, the first toxic person in my life to die. So I don't know. But, you know, whatever your circumstances are, I would really encourage you to check in with your gut. What is your intuition saying? I know, I know it's hard as a survivor because we are not used to listening to our bodies. We are not used to listening to what our heart wants because we are so busy surviving. We are so busy taking care of others. We are so busy prioritizing other people and people pleasing and I know whew, it's hard, but even if it's messy, even if uh, you can't do it very often, even just occasionally checking in with your gut and be like, is this feeling right? Is this really what I want to be doing? And just giving yourself that opportunity to reflect, I think can really lift up this difficult season for us survivors. And the reason I think it's it's so helpful is uh, we're kind of <clears throat> acknowledging, we're acknowledging that maybe we're doing stuff that we don't necessarily want to do. Maybe we're doing stuff for other reasons, right? And even if you can't shift gears, even if you can't change course, um, it's really good to notice that about yourself, right? And I think in the end, what this will do is is create more agency for us. Right. So if you if you're new to the podcast, welcome. For those of you who've listened a lot, you know, one of the things I really think a lot about is agency. It's this uh, which is a philosophy word that basically means like the ability to choose. Right. You can take actions in the world. And uh, for those of us who've been abused for a long time, we lose our sense of agency. We're so busy being told what to do and controlled or manipulated into doing things. We lose our sense of agency. And I think checking in with your gut, checking in with your intuition, seeing how the things are actually feeling is a way to regain some sense of agency, right? So you might notice, okay, I do not feel like decorating right now, um, but I'm going to choose to do it because my son really, really wants this this year, or it's, it's important to my partner. So I'm going to go ahead and do this, right? And then that's, that's a point of choice. That's a point of you saying, okay, here's where I am and here's what I'm going to choose to do in this situation, 
right? Agency doesn't mean you always do what you want. That's a different view. That's called egoism, um, where you're primarily fueled by your own desires. Um, that's not what we're about. Instead, what we're about is um, making a conscious decision about where, like how we're going to relate to whatever our feelings are, whatever our intuition is. Right. And that's why I think this is super powerful. Even, even if you're in a year where you, you have to go deck the halls aggressively, right? even if for whatever season in your life, you need to do that. Or maybe you're in a season where you're considering doing that, right. Or, or what, whatever your, your journey is, um, checking in with your gut and then making a decision informed by what your gut is doing, I think is really important. And I've been following it kind of aggressively this year, which has led me to a place I didn't expect. I wouldn't have anticipated that I would do so little. And honestly, it's, it's checking in with my intuition has really helped me see like there's, uh, for me personally, I think there's a substantial reason that I don't feel a lot like bringing out the Christmas decorations or at least a lot of them. Um, and that is because I feel some tension with the, with the memory of my grandmother um, because my, my grandmother was very kind to me. She, she was a lovely woman. She really helped me a lot. And she was a huge fan of my father. She would do anything for him. And I definitely think the way she raised him contributed to him being a narcissist. I definitely think that there's a, you know, she would not, she would not have approved of the decisions I made here, especially towards the end of my father's life. But, you know, since I started boundary setting, she would not be a fan of that stuff. Or at least that's what I think about her. I don't really know. I am not talking to her. <laughs> she has passed away for a long time in my life now. But there is, a, in my mind, there's a tension there. And bringing out all this stuff will, will bring up that tension more, make that tension more tangible. Because I, I have physical objects from my, my grandmother, right? A lot of my decorations are from their homemade things from one of my aunts. And then there's a lot of stuff from my, my grandmother's house, um, that I've kept because I like, I, I like that part of my life. It was, it was a, a positive relationship in my life, but right now it feels complicated. And I didn't know that. I didn't expect that to happen. I thought I would want the comfort, right? I would have expected that I would want these things because I'd want to, you know, I'd be feeling really hungry to be connected to family and stuff. And I'm not, and one of the reasons I've been able to even notice that tension that I'm feeling around my grandmother and stuff is because I am aggressively listening to my intuition. Okay, so I know that I'm a philosopher and it's a little bit weird to hear a philosopher, somebody who literally deals in logic and reason to tell you to really listen to your gut. But I want to remind you that being rational um, using the tools of logic and reason that that is not in competition with your intuition, right? The, the way, the, the way things work, um, in terms of logic and reason is like, you, you need a starting point and often that starting point in your reasoning should come from your intuition, from your gut, from what feels right. And then we're going to follow logic and reason. We're going to use those tools to kind of help us understand um, you know, what, what's going on with your gut? Does that, does that gut instinct you have, does that make sense? Is that hold true? And that, that's kind of what I did, right? I, I noticed in my, in my feelings and my intuition that I didn't want to do 
holiday stuff so much, right? I didn't want to do the household stuff. I've done a lot more actually like going out and participating in different events. That felt really good for me this year. Um, but it has not felt good to do stuff in my household. And usually I'm the opposite. So I noticed that about my intuition. I was consistently getting this vibe. And so I thought about it and I was like, well, what might that be? And I used the tools of logic and reason and to see, okay, I think this is something about the fact that I don't think grandma would have wanted me to go no contact with dad. Right. So that gave me a bigger insight. So your intuition, your gut is not the kind of thing you would study in a philosophy class, but it is exactly the kind of place we want to start when we're working on healing stuff. Right. Because there's no objective fact of the matter, like whether you should decorate this year, you should not decorate or you should participate in holiday traditions or you should not participate. It's not like that. There's no fact of the matter about what you personally should do in any given moment. Instead, we are complex, messy human beings and we have to figure out the, the answers to those questions for ourselves right? It's a really personal thing. And when you're at that level, your intuition, your gut is so, so important. So I hope that this has given you um, some, some motivation, some, some clarity around why you might want to trust your gut, why you might want to check in with your gut um, as you work through these next couple weeks. I hope that this has been helpful to you. And again, I just want to remind you, if you are interested in working with me, I would strongly encourage you to reach out sooner rather than later so we can get you locked in at the 2022 pricing. All right. Thanks so much for listening today, guys, and I'll catch you in the next one. Bye-bye.